Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast, Diary of Mama's Love. Um, on today's episode, it's going to be about my first son, MJ, Manuel James. Um, today is his anniversary of his passing. Um, and basically, I was just, I just wanted to tell his story, um, go over everything, tell everything that happened, you know, step by step of the day that he passed and up until the day he was born because he did pass before he was born um he was still born and what that means is that um a baby is has passed away in the womb before they were born so when they are born they are still born if that makes any sense um, and so basically, a stillbirth is the death or loss of a baby before or during delivery. Um, both miscarriage and stillbirth describe a pregnancy loss, but they are different. Um, a baby born, a baby who was lost before the 20th week of pregnancy is defined as a miscarriage, and a baby who is lost after 20 weeks of pregnancy, 20 weeks of pregnancy is defined as a stillbirth. Um, So in my case, I had a term stillbirth, which occurs between 37 weeks or more, and my son was born at 41 weeks. So he was um, overdue, and because they, I believe, believe they want you to carry till 39 or 40 weeks, I think 39, I think 40 weeks is full term, I'm pretty sure. So anything after is like overdue. Um, also, there is an early stillbirth, which occurs between 20 and 27 weeks of pregnancy. A late stillbirth, which occurs between 20 and 36 weeks of pregnancy. And then there's the one that I experienced is the term stillbirth, again, which occurs after 37 weeks of pregnancy. Um, so basically, my due date was with him was July 24th, 2015. Um, in this time, looking back, um, he was very healthy. I had one, I had a, a, the simplest, easiest pregnancy with him. He was like my best pregnancy out of all three kids. Um, you never, I don't know. I guess you just, you just think that, you know, things don't have, you just think these things won't happen to you until it touches you. And I never knew, I never heard too much about stillbirth. I've, when I look back and think about the word stillbirth, I just remember, I don't know if you guys ever watched the show Reverend, or no, sorry, Ren's House. It's about Reverend and his family. And um, I remember him and his wife experienced stillbirth. And I remember at that time, I didn't know what it was. And my mom explained it to me. Then, I don't know, maybe I was in high school junior high eighth grade ninth grade and so I didn't know what it was and um asked my mom what it was and at that time you know when someone's explaining it to you you don't think oh you know that's gonna happen to me and later in life you know so since then I've never heard of never um knew anybody who experienced stillbirth again um maybe a couple years or a year pretty close prior to me um, having my son, there was one person who I knew from high school who did experience um, stillbirth. 
And I want to say I was pregnant with him when she went through this. Um, Again, it's sad. It's heartbreaking. But you don't think it'll happen to you. And it's nothing like, oh, well, that's never going to happen to me. Like, it just doesn't cross your mind that it's going to happen to you, you know? Um, So then I feel like after we lost MJ, it came to light more. Like, um, uh, I, I was introduced to one of my good friends now by my cousin who did experience it as well with her twin boys. Um, there was a couple people I've known for a long time who experienced it in their life. And it's just becoming a less, I guess, a less taboo um, subject. People are talking about it more. And I I feel like it needs to be talked about more because it does happen a lot. And the people that it does happen to, I feel like, um, I don't want to say they're scared, um, but they don't maybe have the support to talk about it. And I know from experience and I know from people telling me that people don't want to, and not only on this subject, but just in general, people don't want to talk about certain stuff because they don't want to bring other people down with them. Um, you know, I'm feeling sad. I'm not going to go and call you. You People tell you, oh, you know, call me if you need anything. And that's great because I am one of those people too. But I don't feel like I want to call you and bring you down along with me. So I feel like that's why many people won't reach out to others. And so it's unfortunate. This is not a group that any mom, any family, any dad, any sibling wants to be a part of. But it happens. And because it's happening... I am happy that I do have those other moms to lean on. I do have those other moms who know what I've been through, who know what I'm through. Okay, sorry, we got cut off. But yes, I am happy that I do have those moms to relate to. Um, And like I said, it's unfortunate. It's not something I wish upon anybody. It is the most painful thing I think anybody could go through. But um, yeah, so all right. Our first son, Manuel James, like I said, his pregnancy was my best, the most easiest pregnancy. And I didn't have two difficult pregnancies with the other kids, but his pregnancy was just amazing. And I always had this feeling and I told a few people, um, especially towards the end, they'd be like, oh, you know, when do you think you think he's going to come early? You think he's going to come late? And I tell people and it's weird to think about looking back. I'm like he's not coming. Like, I don't think he's going to come. And it was, I wasn't thinking like that way at all that, you know, he wasn't going to be with us. It was just so weird that I just never felt like he, Oh, he's going to be here tomorrow. He's going to be here next week. I just never felt like that. And it was just the weirdest feeling looking back. So July 24th was his due date. Um, a week later, almost week. Yeah. A week later, July 29th. Um, I had went in for, you know, the normal weekly appointments you go in for towards the end. And he looked good. And I feel like I was also, you know, the first time mom didn't know too much. So I honestly didn't know what to look for in his heart rate and everything like that. I just assumed, you know, the doctors, whatever they tell me, it's it's right, you know. And so I went in for his last appointment and the doctor said everything looked good. His heart rate was good. And I heard it too. His heart rate sounded sound like it always had. Um, I was fine. I didn't have, you know, gestational diabetes, no, no, 
no pregnancies related um I don't want to say illnesses, but no pregnancy-related health issues. Um, I even remember seeing his hair floating in the ultrasound. Um, yeah, so anyways. Um, so everything was fine. Um, I had went home, and, you know, it's during summer, so it was a hot day. So I went ahead went home, you know, 41 weeks pregnant, huge, hot, hated the heat. So I just, I wanted to do nothing but nap during that time. So I do remember right before my nap, I want to say it's the last time I felt him move. Um, I think it was almost like it was his elbow. It was on my left side. And it was just like he was stretching or something like that. And like, I saw it, like his elbow was poking out or whatever. Um, It was, it hurt. I remember it hurt so bad, and then I didn't think anything of it. You know, honestly, I, I didn't remember doing my kid counts because he was just always active, always moving. So, I don't know. I just figured he was fine. Um, I honestly didn't know how to do kid counts. So, yeah, so I remember that was, looking back, that was the last time I felt him move. And I, I think he moved a little bit more after that because then I ended up taking a nap. So, I didn't pay too much more um, too much more into it, and so I had napped for uh, many hours that day. It was it was kind of crazy when I look back on how much I napped. I had woke up because I believe my boyfriend went to work that day, so I had woke up when he got home from work, and I was sitting there. We were watching Grey's Anatomy, and I was sitting on the couch and um. He just wasn't moving. And I was just like, hmm, like this is kind of weird. Like maybe he's sleeping, but he always moves like when I push my belly. I push my belly, nothing. Um, I remember my god sister would tell me, you know, if you ever don't feel the baby move, drink juice or something cold to shock him. So I did that, but at the same time I was texting her. And so she was, she told me to do that again, and so I did it, and she was like, call labor and delivery. So I called labor and delivery, and I remember as I'm on the phone with labor and delivery, I'm walking up the stairs to get my bags, because they told us we needed to go in. And at that moment, I moved his feet. I knew where his feet were, and I moved them. Um, I pushed it in my belly. And so... Oh, sorry guys. So when I did that, I felt his feet. When you push something and it kind of like comes back. I pushed my belly and his feet just came back. He didn't kick. In that moment, I kind of knew. But um, I didn't want to believe it. It was happening. So, I just took that thought out of my head, and I was like, no, he's going to be okay. He was just fine earlier when I seen him in the ultrasound. Like, oh, it's not going to happen. So, I went to labor and delivery, and I told my boyfriend, I was like, he could come tonight. Like, this could be it. And so, um, we went into triage, and... And, um, 
they did ultra the nurses did ultrasound and you know it has to be the doctors to confirm it nurses can't say nothing if you know anything know that nurses can't confirm nothing no it has to be the doctors to confirm everything um and i knew that i think i knew that from my medical assisting program that i did years ago but um they were having, she was having a really hard time finding his heartbeat. And in that moment, I knew it and I started crying. Because his heartbeat was never hard to find. The minute they put the Doppler on, it was, you could hear it instantly. And so, and she was searching for a while, so I knew. And so I started crying and then my friend asked me what was wrong, but I couldn't tell him. I couldn't even say it, I couldn't get it out. And so, um, she had told us she was gonna get the doctor. The doctor came in. He tried looking for the heartbeat too, but he did it really fast because the nurse had already, I'm sure, told him. And so in that moment, I'll never, ever, ever forget the words he told me. And you see it on TV. It's just like, this can't be my life. This has to be a nightmare. And so he told me, he said, I'm so sorry. There's no heartbeat. I remember screaming. Like I've never yelled and screamed in my life before. And in that moment, it just felt, I'm telling you, like it felt like a nightmare. It was the craziest feeling ever. And so, he had told me, they were going to admit me, and I asked him, I said, do I have to push him out? And he said, yes. <sighs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, and so we called our parents. My mother-in-law came first. And it was hard to tell them. And I remember, you know, just the look and pain in her eyes. And I felt bad. I felt so bad that I felt like I was causing this pain on other people. And then my mom and dad came. And then I just remember after they came, walking down the aisle. Or the hallway from the triage room to the room that they admitted us and it's so it's crazy because the room that they admitted us in um we had my son at Walnut Creek Kaiser so if you're familiar with that that location we had did the hospital tour um before having him and the room we had him in is the room I wanted um so it was just crazy but um so I remember walking down that hallway 
And actually, July 29th is also the anniversary of um, a person I'm really close to. And so, I just, that was his second year anniversary. That day was his second year anniversary. And um, I had a, was already having a tough day that day because I couldn't be there for his uh, memorial that my family has for him every or that his parent his mom and his family have for him every year so I was already upset that day about that and it was just crazy because as I was walking down the hallway um the only thought in my head was Frankie has him and then I want to think that that was you know him telling me like don't worry I have him like I'm gonna take care of him for you and then after that, I just, I was fine. Like, I just, I don't know. I was, um, I was empty, I think. I don't know. I don't know the word. I was just blank, I feel like. And even people tell me after, they're like, you just didn't cry. And I was like, I don't know. Just, you know, walking down the hall, like, that person telling me that just made me feel okay. That he was Okay. So anyways, so we got admitted. This was late night. Um, it was right before midnight. And so I just wanted to sleep. Like like I said, it was a nightmare. So I just wanted to sleep and hopefully wake up and it was going to change. It was going to come back. So they gave me, they started giving me medicine to, um, to progress my labor. Um... So from July, the night of July 24th, right before midnight, it was probably between 10 and 11. Um, from that night until the morning of July 31st, I was in labor. And I can't say it was a hard labor because I was I had epidural. It was kind of tough um, because when they would give me epidural, I was, uh, I think I had to get epidural like three times because when they gave me the epidural, my body just, I guess, rejected it on one side. And then when they got it right, then it rejected on the other side. So it was just, it was kind of like, if it wasn't one thing, it was another. Um, okay, got caught off on the last um, recording. But so if it wasn't one thing, it was another with, um, the epidural and then um just the whole time while I was in the hospital like I said I just slept I honestly didn't want to be awake um they had given me so much pain medicine too and so I'm not really like a medicine taking person I don't know so when I took all that medicine taking all that medicine really drugged me up like I was really drugged up um but in that, and during those, you know, couple days of labor, I had the most amazing support system. Um, from the times, I'm telling you, I was I was really drugged up. So, the times I did wake up or open my eyes, I saw so many people, like you know, people that. That, of course, I know are always going to be there. But, like, you know, they they really just came 
to sit there and be with me and and I can't explain how how much that means to me um you know they just came and sat with me in the hospital you know while I was going through this and that just I don't know how many hours a lot of them were there I'm sure if I ask my mom or whoever I'm sure they know but just every time I closed my eyes and I woke up, somebody was there. Somebody you knew was there. My room was filled with people. I know that. Um, a lot of people told me that it was like full of people, but the the hospital staff was great. Um, they just allowed it. I'm sure you can't have like 30, 30 to fifty people in one room. Um, realistically, when you're having a baby, but. Um, they let, they let visitors come anytime, um, were so great to us, you know, even during their busy schedule, they were like, it was almost as like, they were just catering to us, like, nobody else was there, like, that's how they made us feel, like, nobody else was there, it was just anything we needed, they were there, so that was great, um, so... The morning of July 31st, um, again, I July 29th is when they admitted me the night of around 10 or 11, around 11 or 12 midnight, uh, they admitted me. So from that night until July 31st, like around 6 in the morning, I still hadn't had him. And um, they had given me medicine to get my labor started. And I only dilated it to eight and a half centimeters. And at that point, the morning, that morning, they had came and told me, you know, you're you're not dilating anymore. Your kidneys are starting to shut down. And we're scared that um, all your, you know, your other organs will be affected. We have to take the baby out. And at that time, you know, I was just numb. So I was just like, you know, whatever, whatever we need to do, like, let's just do it. Um, I remember that morning, the whole time. Um, the whole time, my Nina was there with me, holding my hand. And I just remember she was just telling me, you know. You have to be strong. No matter what, he needs you to be strong. <clears throat> and then, um, and then it was just, it was like a blur, like just memory. When I think about that day, just different memories pop up. Um, my Nina slept. My Nina and my mom were sleeping right next to me in the fold-out couch, and I just remember looking like to the left because they were on my left side when he was telling me all this holding my hand and then up to the right I have you know my mother and father-in-law and my mother-in-law was brushing my teeth um, you know you can't have bad breath when you're about to go to surgery I guess <laughs> so I mean, while they're doing this the nurses are um prepping me and getting me ready to go into surgery. So at that point, I had told everybody, I was like, you know, go home, 
because I'm pretty sure almost everybody slept in that hospital, either in the room with me or in the waiting room. I honestly wish someone would have recorded it. Like, you know, I just wanted to see how things just, I don't know. It's not a great memory, but it's the only memories we have. So I would have liked to have memory of all that. Just, I don't know. Maybe I'm weird, but... Yeah, so I had told everybody else, like, you know, go home. When he comes, I'll call you guys. And then, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know how people feel, so I don't want to make them feel obligated, like, they have to see my son like that, you know? Like, so I don't want anybody to feel pressured, because some people can't handle that, and I understand that. Um, And I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. Or feel like they have to, you know, I, I just want, if you want to see him, if you want to stay, like, it was, it meant a lot too, you know, but again, I just wanted to give people that, that option, it was, like, six in the morning, when we were about to go in for surgery, and it was early, so I was just like, just everybody just go home, and I'll see you guys later, so they were prepping us for surgery, and I had asked them, um, I've never seen a real C-section. You see the movies or whatever. But, um, you know, anytime, any birth, you're going to hear your baby cry when they come out. And I knew he wasn't going to cry, so I just, I didn't want to go through that. I wasn't okay to handle that in that moment. So I had asked my doctor if he could put me to sleep. And so I don't know. I couldn't tell you because I just remember going to sleep. But I don't know if I was, like, in a twilight sleep or if they, like, legit put me out. But um, I just remember getting to the um, operation room, getting set up. your other half has to wait outside because it's a sterile field while they set you up and prep you. And so I remember um, it was time. I was looking around the room and then I seen the bed where, you know, the infants go after you give birth. And I just was not ready. And at that point, my boyfriend came in and held my hand and I just fell asleep. Um... I remember waking up, but at this time when I woke up, he was already out. Um, I was kind of like drowsy when I woke up. And I woke up crying like I was thirsty. And I was crying so bad for water. And um, I think I panicked all the doctors and everything because I just woke up crying like I don't know where I guess. And they were like, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm thirsty. Just give me water. Please give me water. Just looking back, that kind of made me laugh. <laughs> and they were like, I'm sorry, you can't. And then um, I was like, I feel you doing that. I feel you doing that. And I felt them. It didn't hurt. It was just new to me. Um, but I felt them stitching me up. And it was just like the weirdest feeling ever. Because, again, I had asked to be put to sleep, so I don't know how none of that felt. 
until I woke up in that moment and they were stitching me up and it was just it was weird feeling didn't hurt at all but it was just weird um so yes I just remember telling them I feel you doing that and then all of a sudden I just went back out um when I woke back up we were in recovery and I remember looking at my boyfriend and his face broke my heart because I was waking up to the same nightmare. I wasn't waking up to it being all a dream. I was hoping to wake up and he was going to wake up and cry. So it just broke my heart that this was reality. Like, We were recovery for a while, um, and then they had finally moved us back to our room. At this time, I had called the parents and our parents and whoever else and had told them, because we wanted a couple hours alone with him. Um, which we did the same actually for all of our kids, which was really nice bonding moment with them all. But um, we had wanted some time alone with him, but uh, he started, I don't know the correct term, um, but because now he was exposed into the air because when he was inside of me, he was protected. So um, when he came out, he looked, you know, he looked okay. I don't, I didn't, I only saw pictures, um, but he looked pink when he came out. He looked like he was sleeping. Um, and then a couple hours after, his, he just started, um, turning, I guess. I don't know the, the correct term. But he started turning purple and just different colors. And then, um, at that time, we just called our parents. He was like, you know, you want to get over here because he's um, changing. We kind of wanted everybody to see him looking like he was sleeping. So, I don't remember who was the first to hold him besides me and his dad. I want to say it was either my mom or my dad. And if it was my dad, the the nice thing about that is all my kids, each of their grandpas, got to hold them first. And I'm going to share more about my other two kids' labor story, too, and, and at a later time. But basically, um, MJ, I want to say my dad was the first to hold him. And... Or no, I don't think he was. I'm not sure who was the first. Again, I'm sorry. I was I was really on med- medication, so everything is in and out. But um, my second son, his grandpa, my boyfriend's dad, was the first to hold him. And then my daughter, uh, her grandpa, my boyfriend's stepdad, was um, was the first to hold him. So I think all of their grandpas 
tell them first, which is which is amazing to me, and, and I love it so much because I didn't grow up with grandpas. So my kids have three grandpas, and it's just a blessing. But um, So anyway, so our parents came, and then whoever else came, um, and it honestly felt like the longest day, one of the longest days, because yeah, well, maybe the longest thing, because, again, I was sleeping for the other days, but um, it felt like the longest day ever. Uh, I tried to get whoever wanted to hold him to hold him. Uh, one person who I'm really close, one of the people who I'm really close to, she just didn't want to hold him at first, which is okay. Like, I didn't want to force anybody to hold him, but her, I knew it was going to hurt her if she never held him. And got to say her proper goodbye, so she ended up holding him, and um, she tells me that she's happy that she did. But um, so during that time, during all this time, you know, we had so many visitors. Um, I even had we had a priest come in because I wanted to baptize him. In that moment, I learned babies who pass before birth automatically go to heaven, so they don't need to be baptized. So, um, he automatically went to be with God, which is, which is a good relief. Um, who, like I said, whoever, whoever was there, you know, I didn't call nobody, honestly. Um, I probably told, you know, I told one of my best friends and then she kind of handled it from there without, you know, just doing it like she didn't even have to ask she already knew you know what she needed to do what was the right thing to do uh you know my in-laws called their family my mom called our side of the family and we just had oh my gosh like an amazing amount of support like people came the night that he passed away like after midnight I had visitors like People came just to be with us, just to give us hugs for five minutes and left. Like, I can't tell you. Like, those people, like, oh, my gosh. I don't, I think they may have think that I don't know or I forgot, but I will never forget you guys. Like, but, yeah. So, anyways. Um... After a few hours, so he was born pretty early in the morning, um, late in the evening, it was time, um, he started bleeding through his nose, and so, it was time to say goodbye, um, we had told everybody, you know, we let him know, you know, thank them, let them know, you know, we just wanted some time with him now before we had to say goodbye. Everybody understood, and everybody left, except for our parents. They were the last ones to leave, because we wanted that time with them, too. Um, and then, once they left, we had time with him, and, and then he was gone. Um, from there, I guess they, they preserved them. And I wish I would have known this, because I was in the hospital, I think, for like another two or three days. Because I would have asked some more time with him. Um, just, you know, 
I hope nobody goes through this, but just a little bit of information for if you know anybody who goes through this. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't think they could tell you now it's your kid, but um, <clears throat> they do something to them to preserve them until everything happens. I don't know how long they do it for, but they preserved him and. I remember the day we left, they had asked if we wanted to see him. And at that time, I, I said no. I wasn't ready to have to do that and say bye again. So I just felt, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't the right move. But my boyfriend did. He um, went back. He dropped me off at home and went back to, to be with him. And he took pictures. And he looked like he was sleeping. Like, he was so beautiful. Um, the way they preserved him, he just looked amazing. And... And I do wish, I don't regret it, but I do wish that I did go back or that I did get that time to be with him. But I didn't know, like, I wasn't, I wasn't aware that that was possible. And so that's why, you know, another thing, yeah, nobody wants to talk about it, but nobody wishes that it happens to anybody. But it does need to be talked about because maybe if somebody talked about this before, I would have knew the things that I could do, you know. I don't know, it's it's really strange, I guess, to, to say, like, oh, you know, do this. But you never know. You just never know who goes through it. And um, I just want to hopefully help somebody who, who may go through this in the future, you know. But, yeah, so um, we were in the hospital for a couple of days after that. And then we finally went home. And... It was hard. Excuse me. Um, I had had surgery, so at the time we were upstairs on the second floor. And um, because I had surgery, my mother-in-law sent me up to be downstairs, so I didn't have to climb the stairs, which was great. And then I just, at the time, I think a week, maybe a few days went by. I had went upstairs and um, just told myself it was time. It was time to put everything away because I had had our room set up, you know, you set up your, your baby's room so they could come home. So I had everything set up, all the stuff he got from his baby shower, just everything. And at that time, I just, I told myself, I was like, it's, it's just time. It's time to put it away. And it was hard. Um, but, and his, my mother, excuse me, my mother-in-law told me, you know, I'll do it for you. But I think it was just something I needed to do. So I had told her, you know, no, thank you. I'll just, I'll do it. And even uh, his dad wanted to help, but I was just like, no, like, I just need to do this by myself. So, yeah, um, that's pretty much the story. Um, I don't know if I left anything out, but if anybody has any questions, feel free to ask. I am an open book when it comes to my son. Um, we did a lot of people, so a lot of people asked why we didn't sue. A lot of people asked why we didn't get a lawyer. Um, I don't feel like the hospital, the doctors did anything wrong. And maybe they did. I don't know. I know after I gave birth, I had preeclampsia, but my blood pressure was fine. I want to assume throughout the whole pregnancy, they test your urine every appointment, and I think 
it came back with no protein. I don't know. So knowing all of this after he passed helped me be prepared, honestly, for my next two pregnancies and helped me to gave me the knowledge to give to others of what to look out for. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of people did ask why we didn't get a lawyer, why we didn't sue. I honestly didn't feel like it was anybody's fault. Um, I felt like, you know, everything happens for a reason. Everybody has a time when it's their time. and God just felt like it was his time. He had his purpose, and his purpose was the nine months I was pregnant with him, and that was it. Um, a lot of people assumed and asked, aren't you mad at God? And I wasn't. Um, I learned at a young age, you don't question God. And I didn't. I did have my moments, my down moments. When I did, I asked him, you know, why? Why would you take my son? Um, so my faith was very much tested going through this. But every time I had those down moments, um, every time I had those down moments, I just, kept telling me, like, my faith, I just kept telling myself, you know, keep your faith strong, like, it needs to be strong, like, you need this to be strong to get through it, um, so no, I wasn't mad at God, I didn't hate him, again, I believe everything happens for a reason, um, some other questions people asked us was, um, do we get an autopsy? And I did because I wanted to know what happened. Um, and when we chose the option to get an autopsy, they had told us uh, the option to have an open casket at his funeral wasn't likely um, because um, if you know what they do with during autopsy, you just know it's not an option. Um, so we had chose to get an autopsy again because I wanted to know what happened. Um, the results took a couple months to come back. My son passed away July. He was born July 31st. On my actual birthday that year is when I picked him up from the cremation place. Um, so it took about that long to get him cremated and even after I still didn't have his autopsy report so it took a couple months but when we did get our autopsy report it showed nothing um it did say heart failure but the doctor had explained to me that that's what they put on the death certificate or he didn't get a death certificate but that's what they put on the report because they don't know really what it is, which I don't like that honestly because it's not what it is. That's not how that's not for certain how he passed, but um it was just not certain how he passed. I'm glad I did get the autopsy because I wanted to know and I if I didn't I would have been asking what happened and what if I did get the autopsy if I didn't get it. So I'm happy I did. 
um, I stand by my decision in every aspect of the way, in every way possible, in not getting a lawyer. Maybe I should have got a lawyer, though, when I look back, just to just to kind of review all my records, because I'm sure lawyers in that field know what's normal, what's not normal. So just, just as an extra person to kind of review um, every, all my, all my hospital reports, um, but again, I don't feel like anybody did any wrong, um, we had him cremated because I wanted him with me all the time, um, I didn't, I don't know, I just wanted him to be with me all the time, I was, very emotional during that time, so I couldn't imagine, you know, even though he's not here with me, that at least a piece of him not with me. So we we decided to cremate him. Um, a few months later, in September, we held a funeral for him. Um, we just kind of did everything how we wanted to do it. My aunt. I just gave her my ideas, and she put everything together for me, and it came out, it came out nice, came out amazing, um, so yeah, so now, fast forward to his first year, oh, his first birthday without him was hard, one of the harder years because it was his first the first year, you know, that I had to experience his birthday with him not being here. Um, I was actually pregnant with my second son during this time, so that helped a little bit. Um, We had planned to have a birthday celebration for him, just like we would have if he wasn't, if he was here, but I ended up backing out because it was kind of just too hard for me. Um, And then in the morning, my mom and dad got to spend their time with him. And then at night, um, my mother and father-in-law had a dinner for us. And we sang and let balloons go. So that was really, really nice. His second birthday was great. I was fine. <laughs> um, it wasn't hard. Every year on his birthday, um, I cry for him. I cry with the thought of things that happened, I cry because he's not here, but I was at peace on that birthday, um, he, so, okay, so his second birthday, we spent it at the park, I got a jumper for the kids, got some food ordered, and we just had, we celebrated with our closest family members and friends, and let balloons go again, um, so again, we just, we celebrate how we want to celebrate, um, as if he's here, because he is here with us, obviously, um, if you believe in that, you believe that their spirit is here with us, and I am just that type of person who just celebrates, um, I like to celebrate my kids, and he's no different, because he's not here, so I just continue to celebrate how I want to celebrate. So his third year was, um, that year was hard. I honestly don't know why, but we were actually traveling his third year. 
Um, and I remember the morning of his birthday, I was at the airport or train station. We were at the train station. And I just remember crying and I don't know, it was just hard that year too. Um, and then we we were actually traveling to London, so I I don't know. I think that's why I love London so much, honestly, because that's where we spent his one of his birthdays, and it was just it was so nice. It was peaceful. Um, we got up, went with my sister in law and her husband, and we went to. Um, I can't think of the name right now for some reason, but we went where Princess Diana lived. And we went to the museum to see everything about her or whatnot. And we just walked around London. It was just, I just, I'll never forget. That place just holds a special place, a special place in my heart. And I think it's because we celebrated his birthday there one year. Um, And then we got raspberry cheesecake. And saying him happy birthday back at the hotel was just, us yeah so that's how we spent his third birthday um his fourth birthday I was also pregnant (laughs) with my daughter um I don't know I don't know what I was I don't know what I was thinking like about celebration wise or anything oh no okay so his fourth birthday um, actually was last year. Um, my Nina, my godmother, had passed away like two weeks before his birthday. And so I just didn't want to do anything um, big. And also we were planning on um, having a gender reveal for my daughter. So we just didn't do anything big. Um, we still celebrated, of course, with our, our immediate family ordered pizza like we always do on his birthday and had cake and sang and it was nice it wasn't it wasn't too emotional like certain birthdays are but it was it was um still celebrated how we like to celebrate and that's all I really could ask for um now fast forward to this year today so today this has been a long two-day, two, three-day recording. Um, I recorded on his anniversary, which was two days ago, July 29th, um, anniversary of his passing, and now today is the anniversary of his, or his birthday. Um, so today, I had planned for um, Zoom. So with everything going on in our world today, it is smarter to not have large celebrations and I would feel horrible if I did have the large celebration and someone were to get sick after. So I just thought it was, you know, safer and best that we just do the Zoom thing, which is um, video chat. So we're doing that. Um, I ordered buttons this year. He had buttons at his funeral that my aunt made for him. Um, and this year I didn't know... I wanted my kids to wear something, um, and then a couple years ago, on his second birthday, me and my boyfriend got matching shirts that represented him as well, but I just couldn't think of the perfect thing to wear, so I wanted buttons, um, 
I ordered buttons for all of us and our immediate family um, for us to wear today, which came out perfect. Um, I ordered cookies from my cookie girl, and that came out amazing this year's theme, because every year I do a theme for him, just like I do the other kids. Um, this year's theme is Heavenly Birthday, because this is his fifth year, his, his um, big milestone birthday, so I felt like um, it had to be a little bit more special, so this is his heavenly birthday. Um, I did the theme of the colors, so blue, silver, and white. Blue because he's a boy, so blue for boy. Um, so she did amazing, and if you follow me on any social media, I will post it. If you follow me on my Instagram, Diary of Mama's Love, I'm going to post the cookies she did there. Like, they're beautiful. Um, and then, yeah, we're just... I'm decorating as usual. I always decorate for, you know, every holiday, um, for every birthday in my house. So we're decorating, got our cookies, going to get our dessert table going. Um, I just picked up his balloons that we're going to be releasing later tonight. Right now, I'm going to go and order the pizza so we can have pizza. We watched Monsters, Inc. because that was our theme for him was Monsters, Inc. So that represents him to us every time we see anything, you know, Monster Zeke related. That's it's it just reminds us of him. Um, so we watched our Monster Zeke already today, getting our pizza, and yeah. So that's gonna be in a couple hours. We're gonna do a Zoom with all of our family members. Um, so I think that is all. I mean, I do. I feel like I'm rambling. So I kind of want to cut it here. Um, thank you guys so much for waiting for these episodes. Uh-huh. This one was hard to record. If you heard in the beginning, you can hear my kids in the background. So it's kind of hard to find the perfect moment to record. Um, and then just, I feel like I'm crying every time I talk about him. So thank you guys again. And then one more thing. Uh, this year, I think one of the reasons why this year was hard as well is because I think the milestone years or anything that, um, would, like, anything significant that would have happened if he were here, I think that's when it hurts the most. Um, this year he would have been starting kindergarten. And so I see all the other kids who are his age who are starting kindergarten, and I'm like, that would have been him. And so... I think also that is why this year was a hard year because of that milestone. But honestly, after finishing this podcast episode, I feel better. And I just want to say thank you for all your guys' support and the endless uh, messages and love that I have been getting. Your guys' patience because I know you guys have been waiting for this episode for not only this episode but for me to like release something for a few weeks um I haven't had to go and talk about or advertise my podcast like you guys are doing that for me and I haven't even asked like you guys are just taking it upon yourselves to show the love to me and that means everything like oh my gosh I can't explain it but again thank you guys so much for your love and support 
this episode. I feel like I'm rambling, so I'm so sorry if you're just like, okay, end the episode now. Um, but yes, I love you guys. Thank you again. Happy birthday to my baby in heaven. And I will talk to you guys or you guys stay tuned for the next episode.